Um, oh yeah, you got We so we have to have a conversation so you can adjust yeah, yeah. your sound settings. There we go. Yeah, um, I have an idea for a conversation. Oh, do oh, you? oh it's sort of a tradition uh, when we are speaking with someone who lives across the pond, as across some people that might very say. Pond. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, where you. Uh, before you introduce yourself, Rob, they'll just, the people will just know your name. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Well, that's uh, sort of done now. Isn't it? so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Sunday, August 7th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 52 of Roll Up and Die. Some words or phrases that are common yeah. to areas around the UK, um, and we will try to guess what they mean. Excellent. I've uh, this is basically a, a high point in my existence. So, <laughs> um, we expected you to feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's make this a good one. Um, so okay, so you gotta you gotta work out what these are. So, okay, all right. First one is. Harm your noise. Harm your noise. Turn the volume down. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Oh. It is, it is basically that. Yes. Turn, turn, the, turn, the, turn the fucking <laughs> volume down, you prick. <laughs> that's exactly it. That is exactly it. Word for word, actually. And that's the official citing. So, oh, that's in the Langenschleitz Yellow Foreign Language Dictionary English to UK English. <laughs> That's exactly what I've heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, here's the next one then, because that was clearly quite easy. Okay. Uh, that's pants. That's pants. Uh, uh, like that wraps it up, or we're we're we're, uh, we're done, or oh no no no. Okay. Um, that's. I think I don't know. Maybe maybe pants are extra cool in the UK. So that's like calling something cool. Oh what? man, that's so pants, what? bro. Well, man, said in the pants in, in refers to underwear over there. So uh, yes, so, yes. So that's where that's where I was kind of going with that. But uh, hmm. so what would you think you'd be saying if if you looked at something and said that's underwear, other than literally looking at <laughs> underwear and saying that's underwear? Well, it kind of depends on whose underwear. That's very true. Maybe it's the opposite of cool. Maybe it's like that sucks. Uh, you, yes, it is. What a marker. All Excellent. right. Yes. Yeah, that's pants. Oh my gosh. Uh, you, okay. You, you're gonna. Oh, like okay. The last so I, I, I guess I guess our cool here would be that's ass or something or you know. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or that shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, gotcha. a, it's actually quite a polite way of saying. I was that gonna shit, say that's so. underwear. Wow, man, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> well it is it's the polite way of saying that shit or okay. that's gotcha you know awesome um so here we go the next one is wind up merchant say again 
wind up merchant wind up merchant yeah so like wind up as in wind up a clock yeah merchant hmm. um i see like a watchmaker yeah. <laughs> too obvious it, is that is that maybe like a a, a chain store <laughs> no no um, um this is anything no, to do shopping at all no, it's what you'd call someone if they were doing a specific thing. Okay. So, um, do you know what winding someone up? Means? I would. I would. That's what I was going to oh, go with okay. first. Like someone who uh, loves drama, maybe, or someone who like is uh, always uh, getting wound up emotionally. Ah, right. Or yeah. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Still getting wound up. Yeah, I get it. Awesome. Was that yeah. it? Uh, yeah, well, basically, you're saying you're getting someone emotional. Winding someone up means you're annoying them. You're purposely right, right. going out your way to annoy and tease them. Oh, well. and you're so good. <laughs> and you do and it so, so often, good. you become a merchant. Yeah. I you love You are in the trade the sh- of annoying people since you're wind up doing it. Which I imagine is what this list is doing to most people listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But <laughs> Oh, I've got, man. I've got, I've got a couple more. Do you want the rest? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So we we gave one. Jenny some, but I'm not sure if I can uh, remember any. <laughs> so um. I, I could be I could be copying the ones that she did. Though. I was going to so, say I mean, you listen to that podcast, so we can't just cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I think I heard it, but it was ages ago. Oh, okay. All right. I think it was like, anyway. was that a first or second second episode? Ah, yeah, second or third. <clears throat> Oh, okay. That might be why then. I I don't feel as bad then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. This is the next one. Cack-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. <laughs> Did you look it up? No! I oh. just, it's just getting me. It just sounds oh. hilarious. Cack-handed. Cack-handed. Uh, if someone wow. gets surprised by something <laughs> negative. Man, I just got cack-handed by that electric bill. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20 minutes oh was god. laughing. Cat handed. I don't know what the hell. Um, oh, I really, I, I really cat handed. Uh, oh, like like uh, messing something up. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. essentially, it is. It's like if you did a cat handed job, you did a, cum, right. a yeah, clumsy job, yeah. or rubbish half ass gotcha. job. Essentially, yeah. yeah. See, sometimes I, gotcha. I say, "Oh man, I totally cacked that up." Because yeah, I'm just trying to perfect. Yeah, but but you just add handed because you're just more polite and classy <laughs> than we are. Yeah, I guess so. It's all in code. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> I'm still I'm still losing it at the merchant that you just call him. Get a wind up merchant. Oh, it should feature in a game of D and D, just like oh, let's get right. the merchants. Which one? The wind up merchants. merchants, and then there's just this guy who that's that'll be the idea. It's automatons. Yeah, that'll be the yeah. idea you can steal for this episode. Absolutely. We'll make do you want the last? Merchant. I'll do the last two really quickly. Uh, sure. I think you'll like sure. this this one. Sure. So, meat and two veg. Um, uh, uh, genitals. Boom! Straight away. All right, right. man. I, right. I was, <laughs> I was like a subway order. Like, what? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, there you go. Oh, genitals, genitals. Great. That's what we like talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. We're um, basically twelve. Do you want? I've got one last one. Do you want to hear it? Sure. I want it yeah, so yeah. badly. 
it is Zorfintal. Zorfintal? I'm trying to pronounce it with my hard R American voice. Oh, I'm really sorry. This is really unfair, actually. I've just realized that I've actually mixed up my English phrases or British phrases with draconic phrases. Oh, oh, really? Um, Segway I'm Parker. really sorry. Segway about oh, that, gosh, Jesus, your segue. Oh, my God. This is this is the first time a guest has gone for the segue. <laughs> Holy nuts. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Um, we've seen everything. <laughs> it's my innate podcasting uh, instincts that, you know, it's, it's clearly what it is. It's oh, my, my spidey sense. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well done. Yes, <clears throat> I guess I'm going to go into it then. Thank you, everybody. For... Well, no, you <laughs> you can continue if you like. <laughs> sure. Wait, wait, say that again. You can continue with the banter if you like. I mean, I didn't mean to do that. I no, are up. you kidding me? That's the best thing ever. I was just caught <laughs> was off awesome. guard and punched in the gut. I was cack-handed by that fucking <laughs> You were segue. caught in the meat and two veg. <laughs> I was caught in the meat and two veg. Okay, goodness. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Your, I don't know, epiphanous? I don't know if that's a word. Uh, <laughs> RPG. Is, oh, my goodness me. Uh, 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 to this RPG podcast. Uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Alex, aka it's Captain Gothnog. Oh, is this is is this me? Oh this, man, yeah. I I thought for sure you were gonna jump in because yeah. you knew the segue bit. Yeah, but I didn't know if you were gonna introduce me or if no, uh, man. If, if I, I didn't want to be assumptuous and introduce myself on your podcast, no, I'm man. not a guest, man. I'm not gonna come in and <laughs> you know wipe my feet on your carpet. You uh, actually, it's, actually, it's compared to compared to the uh, episode of critical conversations <laughs> we just had, my intro is so much worse than yours was for me. <laughs> no, mine was so. Mine was. Oh my goodness me! I I think I just went on a really surreal kind of um tangent where i didn't really know what was going on uh and it really shows in you, the videos you so. introduced me like i was daenerys stormborn with all of the taglines <laughs> <laughs> like michael barker breaker of chains runner yes. of games absolutely <laughs> yeah but yes this is rob uh coletta is that, is that uh, how you pronounce your last name? It is. It is absolutely how you pronounce nice. it. Awesome. Uh, Rob is our special guest for part two of the Dragons episode. Um, we actually recorded this episode last week, uh, but the audio was lost. We had an audio issue, yeah. so that will be forever known as the missing episode. Um, and Matt can't make it to this one. So yeah. um, I think, Alex, you're going to include some sort of <laughs> heartfelt homage to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll have some uh, some sad music, and and uh, we'll all remember what he who, you know who and what he was. It'll be the in memoriam, <laughs> like at the Oscars. Right, right, right. <laughs> How well, you every time you say that, though, I I think I think of the Talking Dead. So, but oh, I, I don't even know what that is. Oh, uh, Chris Hardwick, he does a, this little show called The Talking Dead after every oh, Walking yeah. Dead episode. Oh, and, nice. And any and any uh, anything anyone that died, you know, whether whether they're zombies or people, they have an in memoriam segment where they <laughs> they pay homage to all the people, all the people and zombies who died oh that's amazing so. <laughs> uh but yeah rob go ahead yeah. and tell us tell the people who are listening what you do tell them about your youtube channel about uh your uh, the series that you uh that you're running critical conversations just go nuts man who are you 
Sure, man. So, hey, guys, uh, and thank you very much, guys, for having me on. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, how do you think I feel? Like, like the, the episode that I come on, Matt Click isn't here. I was heartbroken. I know. Um, <laughs> but no, it's all good, man. Um, so yeah, my name is Rob, um, and I run the YouTube channel uh, Performance Check. It's a uh, channel where I try and uh, examine how to make your role-playing game um, uh, more dramatic and how to deliver information in a concise yet entertaining way. Um, I've recently actually started a, um, a video series where I interview uh, members of the community, uh, the role-playing game community online, um, mainly around the Absolute Tabletop um, uh <laughs> in fact, actually, all three of my episodes so far have been with Absolute Tabletop members. So, um, <clears throat> I'm wiping a little modesty off my shoulder. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, who knows who's going to be my next guest? Hey, uh, oh. uh, hey Alex. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I can't. I, what? Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of... <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any ideas who could be my next guest? <laughs> oh, oh, who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm really pro- excited pro- to pro- watch. Probably some jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm really excited to watch that next episode of Critical Conversations because I feel like Alex is an enigma to me. I just, I will never <laughs> fully understand this man. He's like, a, he's like looking, looking at him is like looking into a nebula and just having to guess. Like I, I seriously, I want to live in his yurt for a year. I want to. I need. I need some Alex in my life. So I'm you excited see, I've for only, that interview. I've only actually um, met Alex very, very recently, and all my previous experience yep. uh, of Captain Gothnog was simply through the podcast uh, and YouTube content. So how? I mean, he's more of an enigma to me. I mean, I assume you oh, yeah. speak between Jeez. podcasts, or is it literally, this is the only time. Um, I... <laughs> who is this guy? He's an to me too. Yeah, who is this guy? He sounds legendary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we actually don't, we, we converse uh, a bit between podcasts, but it, it definitely yeah. peaks when it's time to record a podcast. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll do it now. Uh, yesterday, I found uh, the first person... Uh, that I am interested in, in confirming to have inside of my Star Wars prequels remakes where I am running a trilogy of games based on yeah. my version of the Star Wars prequels. And so yeah, yeah. Rob is going to play a character. And nice. so may, I think I'll get I'll choose Alex to play another one. We'll just put together oh. an all-star team. Awesome. I'd love that. That yeah. would be amazing. Jar Jar, oh, right? Yeah. Right, of course. Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Without me so doubt. sorry. <laughs> Oh, but uh, but oh, no. you know, one of the things I love about Performance Check, Rob, and you can go into more detail about your channel and your videos, is that sure. when I watched them, the thing that I got out of it the most was don't hold back. Like the way you make videos, yeah. it's inspiring to like, don't like if you're going to do it, if you're going to run a game, run a game. Don't yeah. half ass it because yeah. you're nervous or shy or you're afraid of using <clears throat> voices like go like go hard, yeah. go go hard in the paint. Uh, yeah. Is is what I say for some reason, but yeah, that's uh, just do it big. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. It's it's it, it's it's something that I've always had a hard time doing. Is just you know, no, uh, I completely getting agree. getting up on the stage or, or or in front of people and just speaking and going crazy and not being afraid to look silly. And and yeah. and that's and that's the thing. I'm not you know, because you probably won't look silly, but it'll feel silly. <laughs> yeah, you know, any anytime you're talking to people, you know, you're gonna no, see all I the know, crazy I know stuff what you, you mean. Do, you, you, yeah, and, and you're just not gonna 
realize how awesome it is for them to see someone that open and, and outgoing. And um, I've, I've done it a few times, but it's, it's, it's a rare occurrence when it does, but I want to get better at that. So, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I definitely, mean, I, d I definitely admire that in your, in your, in your uh, videos. That's, that's oh, awesome. Thanks guys. I mean, the main reason that I, I kind of react that way, uh, and it was something that I actually watched in a panel ages and ages and ages ago um, uh, with, I can't remember, it was someone someone in the creative team of D&D &D at the time, but they, they stressed that, you know, this game in the modern age, it is pretty hard. I mean, this was before I'd even heard of playing D&D &D online, um, but, you know, it in, a, in an increasingly busy world, it is more difficult to get a bunch of friends together to play a game. Mm. So any session could be your last. You don't know. Yep. So you better make damn sure that every time that you get the opportunity to play that game, you make it unforgettable. That's um, profound. Seriously, that's excellent advice. But I mean, obviously, with the advent of the uh, online playing, I mean, obviously, it's uh, now there is an easier way. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, it's a good attitude to have. I feel. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I I, I love that. Um, so my question for you, Rob, to kick this off because this is part mm. two of Dragons. Yeah. We spent the last part basically deciding: Do we want to have dragons in our campaign? Yeah. And th this episode is us saying, yes, we do. So now what do we do? Like that sort of thing. Right. So what when I say dragon to you mm. within the confines of role-playing games or fiction or whatever, what do you think? Well, I think it's in terms of having saying yes to a dragon in your game and you say to me dragon, I think... Do you know, I think that they are they are a lesson. Dragons are a lesson in perspective. Hmm. And I think it's something that you have to consider when you are involving a dragon in hmm. your game. I think they are a healthy lesson in perspective because they are a superior being in every single way. Yeah. So, and I think it, with uh, the way that I try and run my games anyway, is I always try and ensure that there are times when you can make your player characters look small from time to time. I'm not saying that you're making um, you know, light of their actions in the game, mm. but I think it is helpful to have things like dragons to make people feel insignificant because it then makes you, when you're role-playing and when you're becoming immersed in this world, it makes you... It makes it feel like this is this giant scape that you can explore in. Yeah, and I that, think having yeah. creatures that are much larger and much more powerful than than any of you, I think mm. is is a healthy thing to have in a game. Yeah, how yeah. much would you say? You know, because that's a really good idea. Like, you know, take advantage of these chances every once in a while during your game. I, I like the mm. way you put it to make your players feel small. I love that because mm. it's. I, I as a player, I love feeling that. So, d how often is too often to do something like that before the players never feel larger than life? Well, I think a lot of it is to do with how you're you're dealing with scope. I mean, when when you're saying make, when I say them make them feel small, I mean in terms of the um, 
in terms of the grandeur of your world, I mean, it might not be the case. You might not need to do it. But if you do have a vast fantasy world that uh, your players are exploring, then um, I think it is it is helpful to have healthy doses of it. But I'm not saying when I say make your your player characters feel small, I don't for one minute mean diminish the impact of their actions. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, at all. Sure. I just mean because uh, in, in in that perspective when you are in a world where you're surrounded by these titans uh, and legends that your your mm-hmm. actions there then seem much more impactful in that case uh if it's something big they they achieve something big you know so yeah um i think a healthy balance to always remind people that there's always hate quoting the phantom menace here but there's always a bigger <laughs> fish no, not at all. I, th- I I love that idea, and I also love yeah. that you know what it means when the players feel small next to a dragon per se. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it so when they reach the point where they beat the challenge, where they beat the dragon, it will make them feel on top of the world. So you bring Absolutely. them, you keep elevating the stakes, and then you bring them up to meet the stakes, and elevate again and again from there too. That's right, because without that, you have. You have no drama. Without any drama, then no one will care as much, really, will they? So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, and I think it's, uh, and also we're, I mean, we're taking something like dragons here. I mean, it's a. I mean, I know in the last episode you spoke about how it is a big deal if you decide to have dragons in your world. Mm-hmm. It really is, um, and it's not just the size of the dragon themselves that I'm referring to is making them feel small. I mean, if you look at our world. Uh, if you look at the cultural impact of dragons in our own world, I mean, uh, the, the the English flag is um, the St. George heraldry, which was supposedly worn by someone who slayed a dragon. There's a Welsh flag <laughs> with a dragon yeah. on it. There's yeah. an entire Chinese culture devoted to a dragon. And this mm-hmm. is in a world where mm-hmm. dragons don't exist. Mm-hmm. So what would it be like if you're living in a world and they do exist? Right. The, mm-hmm. yeah. the connotations are massive. So I feel that there's that that you you have to surround them with too. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And your your speaking about it makes me wonder how often you use dragons in your own games, because it seems like you have a lot of experience with them, or at the very least, have a lot of experience with creating this dramatic effect for players. It was it was really all for one dramatic effect, really. I mean, um, my my journey to dragons, as it were, was a long and arduous one that um, mm. that was very much uh, self-imposed, admittedly. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a story, though. Right? Do you want me to go into it? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I'm, uh, it had been a few years, but I'd uh, I was sort of halfway through university studying um, there with my friends, <clears throat> and whilst we were there, I uh, introduced them to D and D um because it would be good practice that's what i told them in terms of uh you know learning about characters that kind of thing um so we start playing D, and i i get them hooked and they're all now players and i'm i i, I love playing with these guys these are my favorite guys to play with um and we we took on the shared world because we would revolve who would be the the dungeon master but we would maintain the same world. So whoever was DMing next was just mm. adding a new legend to the already existing tapestry that's there. 
uh, and we come up with this world called Main Realm. Now, for ages, we've been talking about dragons because, you know, it's on the box. Um, <laughs> it's, it's on the book. Uh, and <laughs> I, I've had this feeling about them for a long time. Um, and I, if you're going to use a dragon, I feel, and I suppose it does go back to that um, philosophy of, you know, really like making the players feel something when they're playing the game. Give them an experience, mm. something they won't forget. I feel that if we're talking about dragons... Personally, I feel it is more impactful if your first encounter with a dragon is a full-sized, impressive, awesome, in the original meaning of the word, right. dragon, rather than slowly eking them in. First, they're, they're seeing a wormling, then they're seeing uh, you know, the, the, the young adult ones, that kind of thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with those at all. I think those can be used incredibly effectively. But I'm thinking for your first big show of a dragon, it's got to be a dragon. So what I said to them, because we were a low level, we were all low level, mm. I said, and I was going to be running this one, I said, you know what? And this was the biggest, probably one of the best acting jobs I've ever done, which was this long con, this lie. I turned to my friends and said, you know what? Dragons are so cliche. I don't, I don't think we should include them. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't think we should include them. Um, because they're always the go-to. They're always the boss that people choose, which is often sometimes the case. And um, I, I kept this up for about two and a half to three years. Because I was waiting for the characters to level up. Oh, nice. I was waiting for them so they could then be ready for the campaign that I had in mind. That's awesome. I don't know how much you guys are familiar with 3.5. Uh, a little I'm bit, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Mainly yeah. the the mess that it made, but... <laughs> but oh, yeah. well, uh, see, that's the thing. 3.5 is actually my very favorite. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I love 5th. I love 3.5 for sheer quantity of material, I that, think. Broken that's what or I was not. Talking, to, talking about, yeah. yeah. Yeah, broken or not, you can't argue with that much of material. That's true. In, <laughs> in Monster Manual 5... Five. <laughs> there was a section which I mentioned earlier as a draconic fr uh, phrase called Zorfine Tal. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. And that is the that is the draconic word uh, for the phrase the Great Game, oh. which is huh. essentially a worldwide game of intricate chess play between dragons, and their pieces are uh, their pieces. Uh, essentially civilization oh wow that's so cool. they they are <clears throat> considering vast treasure and leverage over lesser races and political kind of standing with who what people that they control and oh, what kings man. they crown yeah that is how they fight amongst each other because they consider fighting the physical nature of fighting beneath them because they incredible. are godly creatures and that is the campaign I wanted to drop them into. So they basically accidentally triggered Zorfintal to begin once again. And it was their job to either win or lose. And if they lost, then the world once again belongs to the dragons. What an excellent um, nice. campaign arc. That so is nice. cool. That's an that idea that you can't steal, people. That's Rob's idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, is the only, that is the only time I've ever used dragons. And it was for that. That's oh wow! What a great a way great to use. put yeah. yeah! What a, what a great way to put dragons in your world, <clears throat> without you know having to always end up at the 
obstacle of, oh, my dragons are too powerful. No, they're powerful via humans. You know, that's mm. yeah. that's awesome. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, and because the, because of that, it just it, the campaign then writes itself. So you realize the dragons uh, or, or one of the particular dragons is wanting some kind of recognition because reputation was a price to be won as well in their eyes. So they they would just, you know, make sure that wars would happen and things like that. So it was about the campaign was about stopping wars from erupting, stopping supply chains and trade mm-hmm. breaking down because that's essentially how they're working against, you know, mankind yeah. or dwarvenkind or yeah. elvenkind, you know. Um, so all of these different events were just so easy to do because of that one overarching theme, really. Absolutely. That is incredible. Yeah. I'm really, really aware that I just spoke for ages. No, that's, I honestly, I feel like that was, that's probably one of the most fresh ideas uh, for dragons that I've ever heard. And I'm serious. And and you heard in the last episode and Alex did too. I'm on record as saying this, that I don't think I like dragons very much. I feel like they, you know, take up too much space. I feel like they are, you can't come back from them. And, you know, once you introduce them, they're the focal point in a lot of ways, but what you just described, I like that. I like those dragons. I like that a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, those dragons are on the level of demigods at that point That's because cool, yep. they, 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 they occupy the space between the gods and, and you know, uh, humanoid kind, you know. And, yeah. and, and so they're, they're kind of running things in that respect. And, and there is a chance you could eventually Absolutely. meet them. I don't know if, you, I don't know if your, your uh, adventuring characters ever did, but... Um, you could actually get to oh, that point did. where, uh, yeah, <laughs> where wow. where things can get pretty. Uh, but by the time you get there, their reputation in the in the players' minds is built up so much that it is awesome. Like as you say, in the original sense of the word. Um, so that that's that's great. Yeah, I think that's awesome too. I have an idea for NK now, guys. So there's this <laughs> the great game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! No, that's awesome. <clears throat> so we talk, we've talked about a lot of different um, ways to use dragons. What about types of dragons? What are cool types of dragons that are underused? You know, I, um, anything underused. like a certain color or a certain metal, uh, ideas that aren't usually tapped uh, when it I comes to one, using dragons? One that I think is really, I think could be considered overused is, uh, is the Dracolich or the Dracolich, the, mm. um, the undead dragon. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I tell, I don't know what it is, but I, I I don't know whether it's just me, but a lot of things that I read uh, to do, whether it's a um, you know uh, a module or anything uh, about D and D, Dracoliches appear to be quite famous and quite well loved, and I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. I actually quite like them. Um, you're obviously mixing the undead with the dragon, which is a cool concept to, in and yeah. of its own. But, but it is um, a little overused. You're right. You know, yeah, it's it does almost get like used a lot. The red fire breathing dragon has become non cliche. Like yeah. just because I haven't seen him, you know. Right. No, that's fair, and I think that's a good thing. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. These me things too. go in cycles. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, sure, sure, and it also depends on how it's used. I mean, the the um. Uh, if, if, if you're going to have an undead dragon, it doesn't have to be sort of the classic uh, Draco Lich because, the you know, the Lich, which is one of my favorite uh, uh, undead creatures, you know, they become that through sheer will. They, yeah. they, 
they they turn themselves into this because of of their own desire to become to remain immortal for whatever reason and uh but to have an undead dragon you don't necessarily need to go the lich route either you know there could there could be mm-hmm. a, a dragon that was mummified to preserve it by those that worshipped it and and mm. upon its death it was mummified and and you know some curse returned it so you could have a, a draco mummy or something there are other ways you can sort of play this um and uh, maybe even play on the fear of the characters who are expecting a draco lich which is something like that but it's something else yeah think you about know, so you, a th- think about a different way to reskin the cliche yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what if it, what if you have a a, a a dragon that's become like a poltergeist and they're like, but you take the right. haunted house poltergeist ghost and you put it up to a scale where, oh man, a wraith dragon. Yeah, you imagine, that is you imagine such that, a cool that, idea. Can you imagine that freaking shadow flying through the sky and, and seriously, it sweeps oh over a village and the whole village is wiped out by this, just for by the fun. shadow, just yeah, for just, fun. Just it swoops and down no and, and the shadow passes through the village and everyone just dies. Dude, that's a great <laughs> idea. Maybe the village is, uh, um, maybe that's what the dragon always fought for in life or something. Yeah. And so no village ever survives in this area. It's always burned down within a year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that excited <laughs> me. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, you know what? A lot of what we talk about oh, is reskinning cliches. Can you imagine the boss fight taking... that would come from that? You'd have to, you'd have to go into the astral plane to fight it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Exactly. Uh, the, uh, I, most of what we talk about on roll up and die is just use the cliches. Just change mm, yeah. them just a little bit, you know, like absolutely just adjust them a tiny bit, and then all of a sudden you have a brand new thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love, I mean, I love the mummified dragon too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the idea that cliches are only bad if they're if they're used poorly. You know, absolutely. yeah. I mean, there's so there's so many things that are cliches. I mean, Star Wars is full of cliches. <laughs> you know, from beginning oh, to end. Yeah. And and yet the way the way they're done they're done in such a way that it works. You know, and people and people love it. Um, if if you did it poorly then people would make fun of it and rightly so <laughs> yeah for sure and i think that um the way a draco lich is done poorly is if you're expecting it to be a shocker or a cool niche thing when it's right. like man we've seen this before like yeah um yeah something that you're actually working on alex actually can i talk about this yeah yeah sure Please. the thing that i read Ooh. that you made Abs- yeah absolutely go for it alex is taking zombies from horror movies like the the plague spreading they bite you you turn into a zombie like you know the the quote-unquote cliche zombie that we see on tv and movies yeah and putting it into as a D monster because that yeah. doesn't exist in D. The, oh, the wow you're the, right yeah so he's yeah. he created this and i'm reading some of it I, I was reading through of it uh through it earlier i won't say anything that's in it but uh mm-hmm. it's like it's taken this cliche and it's made it non-cliche just because I've never seen it in D and D before. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an adventure module and eventually it's going to, you know, it, I, there's going to be enough in it where if someone wants to take this and, and kind of place it in their world as a, as this growing apocalypse, they can do that and, and just go for it. If you're sick of your world, just drop a zombie apocalypse <laughs> if you're on it. Sick of your world. It's like those old <laughs> games. Have you ever played black and white? Yeah, yeah, What's definitely that? one of my favorite games ever. You play a god, and you have oh, little okay. people that worship you, and you build temples and stuff. And <laughs> you always reach that point where you're like, "I'm done," and you just dis- yep. you throw rocks at your buildings and <laughs> yeah, d- and drop you your pick people, people off, of off and skim them off the water as you fling them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that game. Anyway, yeah, if you're tired of your world, zombies 
or dragons are a good way to do that. <laughs> that's right. What about an apocalypse? Let's talk about a dragon apocalypse really quick. Sure. Ooh. Um, Ooh, that's a good idea. Because a lot of times I've seen this. The Aranoth world mm-hmm. is like this. There are a couple other worlds that have dragons in its in their history, but mm-hmm. not anymore. Let's let's do it the opposite way and have a you know a nice high mid high fantasy RPG setting and then sure. add dragons to it and now it's coming to an end. What's a cool way to do that? Hmm. <sighs> well, I, I guess one of the uh, and again it, it it could be cliche if it's not done right, but you know dragons were banished a long time ago by you know powerful wizards or uh, yeah uh, the gods or whatever you want to whatever you want to paint it, but yeah. something has let them back in now. And and this the, this war this war between the dragons is going to resume, and 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 the world is sort of their battleground, you know they they don't they don't really care about the kingdoms or the people or any of that nonsense they they just you know want to they care about destroying the other dragons and so you have these these two warring factions going at it and everyone else is sort of getting caught in the crossfire and so you have maybe villages and cities and stuff that are built in tucked away places. Uh, because that's the only place the dragons right. don't go, you know. So that's that's a great way to have an, like an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic setting uh, where dragons are, you know, the cause of fear and uh, such things. Right. Well, you could run a cam- you yeah. could run a campaign in any section of that. Like you could have it run at the beginning when the dragons are first released and and yeah. the world is dropping to chaos. You could have it run in the middle where this this has been going on for for decades or even hundreds of years now and now like you said people are hiding in little pockets while the dragons are fighting over the rest of the world and it's basically this blasted landscape of 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 uh oh, of death and decay that's great and uh, or you could be near the end where the dragon war is sort of like you know coming to an end is, is almost all the dragons have killed each other and there's only a few left you know yeah. and uh, and you know civilization starting to sort of you know humanoid civilization sort of starting to retake its place that kind of thing so all of those could be really interesting and fun to to, to play in those are really yeah, cool um, uh, what a, and you could take that the other direction as well i mean uh, you could set it set the campaign in the genesis of the dragons, instead of them being banished and yeah. never uh, and being brought back, this could be when the first time they ever existed. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually in a, I'm in a doing something. Time. Yeah, and every world is different, you know. So it yeah. it, it it really brings that <clears throat> unique feel to the world. Uh, in mm-hmm. Enkea, I've I'm doing something similar with, uh, and this might be seen as a spoiler, but I'm I'm doing something similar with a race that I never liked. But I do now because they're they make sense in my world, and that's the Warforged. So, oh, okay. and okay. so this 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 whole Warforged plot line that's gonna start soon, perhaps, uh, is is gonna be like a like you said, a genesis of a, of a whole race of beings. Yeah. That, so yeah, dr- uh, we've discovered something. What are we gonna call it? A dragon. You know, like that's freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I mean that, that also gives you quite a lot of um, dramatic irony because you, as players, know what dragons are, mm-hmm. but your characters don't. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I, I think even in um, session like three of Winds of Cerceline, James created the Durgar from my world by describing uh, a, a old dwarf named Freugs that went crazy oh. and created the Durgar underneath the ground. And when that happened, it was like, man. No other world in existence has that story, has a background story like that for the Durgar. So, yeah, yeah, that's always fun to do. That's well, and in your idea too, with the genesis of the dragons, you could always have like lesser dragons that have been around, you know, yeah. and, and uh, so that's kind of what people are expecting. So maybe when someone says, "Oh, we need to 
there's a there's a there's a dragon that we need to go slay and they're thinking they're going to be slaying this this you know this large yeah large yeah. drake right exactly and so but when they, but then they get there and there's this this something else you know that mm. that has been been created somehow so yeah that's yeah, cool that, that that's 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 into the realm of you know campaign setting design where you're yeah, yeah. creating whole new creatures whole new types of dragons you know we have Asian inspired. We have uh, medieval Europe inspired dragons. Almost every culture has a different dragon, uh, yeah. and now so does your world. And can well, you describe? Kinda... Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just that. I mean, can you just imagine describing to your players if it is the genesis of the dragons and they've never seen a dragon before? Can you imagine the first time you describe it yeah. spreading its wings. Yes, that, and that what and a, what a way to make them fear. feel small. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well no, well, no, I was just going to say that if, and you know, Barker was talking about planning your campaign, and and I think if you if you're having dragons in your world, especially the 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 the, the powerful, brilliant dragons that we're talking about, you kind of have to build your world around them to some degree, you know. Yeah. You, you know, unless, unless unless they're going to be completely inconsequential, meaning you know they 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 hide in their mountains, they care nothing but for their horde, and and they ignore you know everyone else um yep. you know if they're going to be anything beyond that then yeah you have to really consider how do they fit into the world why haven't they taken over why haven't they um why aren't they running things when they really should be yeah seriously you, know, you, you, yeah. you have to come up with some mythology and and i think we did we discussed um in the last podcast about you know dragons making uh, alliances and uh, treaties with with uh, these other races yeah you yeah know, um and the, and these can don't just have to be pieces of paper these can be magically binding treaties that that will actually uh you know again kind of like harry potter with the uh, unbreakable vow kind of thing yes oh, yeah, if, if any if, if either side breaks it they die that sort of thing yeah and so um neither will break it and then i think barker you mentioned something the idea of you know what happens one day that the dragons start attacking and they're not dying. What's what's happened to the treaty? Why is that? Why yeah. are they able to do this now? Exactly. You know that's it's funny because there have been a few times where I'm like, oh, I want to say this thing, but I we said it in the last episode. So I, I know. Can't say it. And then it's like, oh, oh that episode never aired. Yeah, we, we apologize in advance if we if we repeat anything. We no, said it's, it gives us a good excuse in the future. <laughs> like if we can't if we forget what we said or something. Like yeah. sometimes we'll forget what we were talking about. We can be yeah. like, oh yeah, it was in the last episode. Or yeah, of course. you know. That'll be like <laughs> our empty barrel. That doesn't. Exist. I feel your pain, guys. I've been there too. I've been, I've lost podcasts myself, and it's a difficult time. Uh, it's, it's the worst. Time. It's the yeah. worst. The uh, worst. It is. But yeah. But now we get to talk about dragons with you, Rob. So. You Woo! Know. Um, I love. Uh, I'm. Uh, I am so. I'm super inspired. I was worried about this yeah. episode, um, especially after recording it again and not right. yeah. know, having it work um, because I was worried that there wouldn't be any original things to say. Cause I was like, man, I don't have any ideas about dragons, but just sitting here, like every other episode, I'm like, man, that is how I would do a dragon. Yeah. I would absolutely make a post-apocalyptic <laughs> dragons world. That's just <laughs> the coolest thing. It is so Mel. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you uh, do you guys have anything to add before we perhaps take a question from the listeners? Uh, no, I think we should probably take a question. Yeah, okay. man, that sounds amazing. Now, yeah. this this confuses me also because we've already answered this question, Alex, but we're gonna answer it again because the last it'll, episode it'll, it'll it'll be all new. It'll be all okay. new. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we haven't done this. <laughs> what? Uh, Ollie S asks: Are dragons capable of contracting vampirism 
or becoming <laughs> werewolves when in human form? Oh, yeah, yeah. If so, what effect Ooh. would that have once it returned to dragon form? I think the answer was no. No, what? No. I think, okay. <laughs> I think someone said no. I, yeah, yeah. That was the, I think that was the joke. Like, nope. Sorry, you can't do it. Uh, okay, everybody. That's roll up and die. Thank you for tuning in. No. Uh, I feel like, uh, Rob, what, what do you, what do you think the answer yeah. to that question is when you think of dragons, uh, dragon vampires? I mean, to be honest, I think if I were going to, if I was going to work with one, it definitely would be vampirism rather than, than, than uh, yeah, werewolf. Tropy, you know? no, that's <laughs> too much. That's just too much. <laughs> Although, I, I can imagine, wouldn't it be hilarious if there was a guy who had lycanthropy, but he changed into a dragon at a full moon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be. Or imagine a, a dragon werewolf that turns into a human at full full moon. There you go. <laughs> oh, what a life. Just really that's inconvenient it. for a bit. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awful. Um, but yeah, I think I'd go with vampirism. I mean,. Um, I kind of like the idea of uh, certain creatures sort of succumbing to to it. I mean, it's not it's not a clean um, sort of description, I, I suppose. But like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you could do something where instead of a dragon potentially wanting to bathe in gold, it wants to bathe in blood. Yeah, I think that yeah. could be quite a gothic. Well, actually, it kind of ties back to the to the whole, you know. Uh, uh, Draco Lich, Draco Lich cliche in that yeah. it, there's there's another form of undead that a dragon could be. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it, it needs blood. So, um, and it's sensitive, you know, and it's sensitive to light, and you know, it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine the, the 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 power of will it would have to control people? Oh I mean, my could, gosh! You could you could have this thing controlling entire armies of undead just by sheer will as it sort of yeah. you know kind yeah. of walks behind yeah. them. You know, well, and that you know this is something I brought up in the in the last episode is that. Um, <laughs> It's it's possible to jump into a Genesis idea. Maybe yeah. all vampires come from this vampiric dragon, oh, like the nice. lineage is that. Oh, yeah. You know, so you can, uh, you know, the answer to the question is yes. I, I you know, ironically, given our earlier joke, always <laughs> yes, man. That sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, and I I think again I said this before, but I can't. But you will never hear it uh, 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 until now. <laughs> is that the idea that something can be overpowered doesn't make sense? when you are literally given the power to decide what uh, hard or easy is. Because you as the GM, you're in charge of what's overpowered and what's not. If you feel like giving a dragon vampirism is overpowered, then give your players something too that'll that'll help them. Um, Sunlight. Yeah, sunlight. Exactly. Something like that. So 100% yes. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. never even worry about anything yeah, like that. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about yeah. the the OP of it. That's up to you. Absolutely. No true yeah, words be, were spoken. Be, be creative first and then, and then you can work out the details to make it cool. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, let's come up with an idea that people can steal. What were we going to do? We were going to do something that Rob Ooh. has nothing to do with dragons, but we we're going to do something I mentioned earlier <laughs> in the episode. Uh, no, I said that was going to be the idea that we can people can steal that we're going to do later. Anyway, um, you you said one that couldn't be an idea you could steal. Yeah, I did. Okay, <laughs> well now it's time to create an idea you can steal. Uh, so what do you guys want to create? Right. <clears throat> hmm. Uh, let's see. What do we, I'm trying to think of what we did in the last episode. Um, wasn't it creating a Oh yeah, yeah, I remember it was. It wasn't it creating a a a, a, an, a a dragon encounter for like first level characters. 
Yes, it was. That was it. And do you want to explain what our idea was before we make a new one, or we could just tell people what that was? Oh, I don't. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I remember (laughs) the. It was a bunch of level one characters fighting a dragon, and that dragon was like submerged in rock. So the only part of it that could move was its arm. So they were fighting its arm. That's why I don't remember. I I, I edited that part because it was stupid. That's... Yeah, that's why you don't remember because it was. Oh, dumb. I've thought of one. I've totally thought of one you can do. Oh, what? That that was the idea we can't give away. That's what. It was. Yeah, that was it. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've come up with a lot of ideas that people can steal. I'm. That's I... true. Well, what what is your thought, Rob? Uh, uh, what about the the encounter and for it, level one? Well, yeah, cr- creating a dragon encounter, a real dragon encounter for first level adventures well i mean what the one thing that always sort of terrified me when when having to go <laughs> up against a dragon as a player was that i mean lots of people know that dragons can fly lots of people know that dragons can uh, breathe fire and are very scary and can use magic Eat not a lot of people know that dragons can burrow really fast mm. so can you imagine this like a network <clears throat> of tunnels underground that the players have to navigate and sort of defend themselves going through it as this mighty dragon is okay. clawing away the network of tunnels behind them. It's yes. more of a chase, really. Yeah. Okay, so let's build off of that. So we have a network of tunnels underground that's dug out mm-hmm. uh, by either a dragon or multiple dragons, almost like an mm. ant colony, uh, and the players end up inside of it somehow. What are some things that they would encounter in these underground dragon tunnels? Alex, can you please roll a die? Sure. I would love to roll a die. Ooh. Matt's not here. I don't have my dice. We're just a, a we're a we're, we're a loose outfit here. <laughs> loose and goosey, um, baby. All right. <laughs> so, uh one two me, two three Barker, three, three uh what is it? I'm I'm rolling a six, I don't figure it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, six. <laughs> Six, that's Rob. Okay, so the question was, what's in the tunnels? Yeah, what yeah. what in the tunnels? What are some encounters that the players would, or challenges the players would have to face in the uh, tunnels? Ooh. Okay, so I, I think that they're going to have to hop across this uh, really uh, dangerous-looking kind of um, network of uh, cave uh, pools mm. that are dotted around, and they're giving off this kind of really strange, noxious gas, and to the player's horror, either as they're just about to go over it or halfway through it, to their player's horror, this material, this gas and liquid is flammable. It's the bathroom. It's the dragon's bathroom. Maybe. <laughs> and what they've but got dragon, to do... But, but dragon poo is exceptionally valuable, though, so <laughs> don't, don't, don't miss that point. Um, awesome. So it's exceptionally valuable, but also they actually have to try and stop that place igniting before they can escape. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead and awesome. roll again, Alex. All right. Uh, and hit your mic. Five. Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, five is me. Because uh, I want to go next, and the... <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it, man. <laughs> I always wondered, guys. I always wondered. <laughs> this, this is how the sausage of roll up and die is made. No, um, the barbed curtain. So, <laughs> uh, well, see, I, I'd almost feel like to pay homage to uh, uh, Alien, one of my favorite sci-fi mm. horror movies, oh, yeah. where where they 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 come around a turn and they find themselves in the middle of a black dragon. 
uh, nest with these yes. eggs. Oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and as they're sort of like trying to sneak through because they have to get out this way, some of the eggs start to crack. Oh my you know? god, that's perfect. Yes. Yes, that's and, and then there's like there's like a thin layer of acid. They can see it like eating away at their boots oh, God, as they're sort of yes. walking in, and you know a little bit of acid dripping from the ceiling, and yeah, just this this oh, this horrific God. time. And but they they maybe they hear something behind them is coming as well. So awesome, yeah. All right, and last one. Let's see, uh, six, Barker. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna jump on what you just came up with that perhaps something is behind them. Uh, because there's only uh, one way that this adventure can end, and that is with the dragon chasing them out of the tunnel, yeah. and the tunnel is collapsing behind them because the dragon is just so huge, and it's yes. it's it's flying and running with abandon. It's it doesn't care yeah. about the structures it's destroying, and you're trying to get out of the tunnels, and then when you finally get out, you have to face the dragon on the surface. Nice and the babies, <laughs> the little baby, uh, the face hugger dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Face over dragons. All um, right. Well, just one quick thing about about uh, first of all characters. I th- one thing I thought was cool to uh, to start a uh, to start a campaign with a dragon would be if this dragon landed in their village and it was there to pick up something. You know, like there was something that it wanted, whatever it was. Maybe it's an old relic that was buried into the ground or whatever, and mm. it just destroys the village as it comes in. And it, this would be a great way to introduce first of all characters to how powerful these things are. Because they, they might try to attack it, and it's just going to do nothing to it. And so, and it's going to ignore them. Like yeah. it, it, it just keeps walking. You know, maybe they're like whack, whack, whack on the leg, and it's not doing a damn thing, and it's just ignoring them entirely. Oh, you know, yeah. it's not even treating them like a mosquito. It, it just goes, gets what it needs, and then takes off. And and they've done nothing to this, and it's left their village in ruins. That's um, amazing. A, a good way to impress upon them that you know they they're. Uh, they're not up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that dragons are beyond human understanding in a lot of different yeah. ways. You know, they are yeah. above. This is the thing that Rob you said at the beginning of this <clears> episode <throat> that dragons are ju- a great way to show that you've really entered the next level of perspective. They're a whole new perspective. Uh, their whole perspective on the world is different, and I mm. feel like that's probably the biggest advice after part one and yep. part two. You know, when you use dragons. Absolutely. Make them uh, a different, have a different sort of perspective on reality. And now a brief interlude with our own Matt Click, with his views on using dragons in role-playing games. I think I think that you know we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but having having the dragon be or the dragons be sort of um sort of uninterested in what's going on with mortal life they're kind of attending to their own needs you know the the um what is it the uh the matters of dragons you know like they're off doing their own thing that we can't even fathom they're working on schemes that have spanned centuries you know they've been around for uh, hundreds if not thousands of years and so a dragon is almost a background element until it's not anymore until the characters do something that bring them into conflict with that dragon because you know if you think about it like a level one a level two a level three character uh you know a novice character in most systems their goals and their motivations are not necessarily going to bring them into conflict with a dragon because they're going to be like i want i want 
a roof over my head. I want a sword at my side. I want a meal in my belly. Um, you know, I want my friends, my family to be safe. I want to do good, you know, things like that. It's not until they're getting up to the point of, I need to save this kingdom. I need to overthrow this tyrant. I need to, uh, you know, vanquish this great beast. Once they get up to where their sort of arcs are coming into conflict, uh, conflict with the dragon's arc, that's when the dragon starts to matter a little bit more because all of a sudden the dragon is like, oh, hey, these guys are in my way. So, oh, man. Well, great. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Roll Up and Die. Uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And I'm actually going to jump in here and and say, uh, Rob, Coletta, thank you again for joining us. Go ahead and uh, explain what your channel is. Um, plug whatever you want. And, uh, and then we'll sign off. Thank you very much. Before I do, though, can I ask you one question, Barker? Yes. Do you like dragons now? Uh, yeah, I do. I really do. <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like you cannot, you cannot truly dislike something if you fully understand it. And so this has been a nice exercise in me mm-hmm. understanding dragons. So yeah, for sure. Awesome. I, I, I love them. Amazing. Okay. Uh, and yeah, as you say, thank you ever so much guys for having me on. This has been a long time dream. So, uh, thanks for that. <laughs> um, for us you too. Can check out, <laughs> you can check out my, uh, my, uh, YouTube channel, which is performance check. Um, go over there, check out some of my stuff. Maybe you'll like, uh, what you see. Um, and yeah, you can usually find me on the absolute tabletop, um, Facebook group as well. Cool, man. And you definitely will like what you see if you go check out Rob's channel. So, Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time with uh, another audio issue uh, episode where we just cannot somehow record it. Heck, that might happen for this one. We don't know yet. Uh We'll see if the audio is This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on drive RPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>